Five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Open Door Podcast. I'm your boy. I'm your friend. I'm your host. I got the beach in the background. I got the do-rag in my head. I got waves on this side. I got waves up here. Faze on Latrell Myers. And as always, I'm here with my fellow friends, brothers, and co-hosts. More than just a friend, I'm your family, Miles. Your boy as always, man. Kevin the Goat, man. Hey, man, you know the face, you know the name, Lepresto here. All right, and I'm very happy to introduce our, our guest for today for a couple of reasons, all right? Because this we, we go way back to three years ago, all right? That's a long time, all right? Back in the Stone Ages, first and foremost. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> he's a fellow podcast host himself. And third, he, he's also one of my brothers, man. You know, that's it's always great to have fellow brothers on the, on the episode and on the podcast. Uh, this is Mr. Deshaun Schwann, and let me give you a little information about the man, all right? I'm going to go above and beyond for him uh, before other guests, so I'm sorry to all the guests before us, but give me like one minute, all right? So me and Deshaun, we used to intern when we was at Marathon back in the day during the pandemic, and so, of course, during the pandemic, all we did was work and hang out, so I got to know Deshaun uh, a lot, you know, during our time uh, right there on, on Beasley Street with good old Roger, uh, and he went to Michigan State, so because of that i'm an honorary spartan go green but dope man you know if y'all hear the boys know we all call ourselves toxic avengers but the reason we are toxic avengers is because me and deshaun were the og original ones man so that's where the name came from and so because of that it's kind of cool to see how the two you know turns branch into who they are now but at the end of the day man our guest is mr deshaun swan host of the um inquisitive podcast we'll put his link information on our uh page and into the description so make sure y'all check him out because your boy is also on there too so check out our episode because it's pretty dope uh but none other than mr deshaun swan mr d nice in the building thank you excited to be here i love what y'all are doing and, and like you said fellow podcaster man i think all progress starts with a conversation right so i'm excited to have one today i know we got some very important topics so uh yeah let's get after it man all right, don't take my job now, damn it. All right, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but today's episode, right? Hey, also, I got a, another Leo way into it. So it is the month of June, right? The month of June is a lot for, you know, what we celebrate. We celebrate uh, Pride Month. We celebrate Black Music Month. But I think the one thing that does not get a lot of light and respect is Men's Mental Health Month, right? Last month was Mental Health Month, but this month is certainly targeted just for us. And no shade to any other month celebration, but you do not see that over social media. You don't see the campaigns of people looking at mental health for us guys, because at the end of the day, we go through shit too. And I think it's very important for us to use the capacity and use the platform that we have to speak about the things that we are passionate about. And thankfully, one of our listeners uh, thought that we should talk about imposter syndrome. And so that is going to be the topic of hand for this discussion. And with that, you know, before we even get into it, the cozy question for the day, the warm-up question is asking, what do you feel you lack confidence in yourself? It can be anything in your life, uh, but what is one thing in yourself that you feel like you don't lack, you don't obtain such that high uh, confidence in what you do? I'll say <laughs> <laughs> you gotta dig deep for this one but mine man i would say reaching after my goals 
And the reason I say that is because it's not so that I like confidence. It's more so like staying consistent with it. Like I I put the goals out there. I'm a a bit of a procrastinator. Like I have a lot of goals out there. And it's more so like, you know what I'm saying? I just be lax of days to call on it. Like it's going to happen one day. Like I get in that mindset. Like I talked to Miles about it. Like it's already written type deal. But that can also cause you to be, you know, lax of days to call on the back end. Like, oh, it's going to come. So you don't have to put in as much work. So that's what I say. I like, it's not necessarily lacking confidence, you know. It's more so like, you know, procrastinating men like that. That's why I say I like. Mm. Um, I'll go next. I would say the area I kind of lack confidence in is uh, not trying to accommodate. I feel as though I always try to accommodate and appeal to other people a lot of the time. And in certain directions in my life, I feel as though that wasn't necessarily necessary or beneficial mm. at times, right? Yeah. And even within that, like, it's, I, I started to realize it's okay to, like, pivot, but, you know, you don't have to completely do a 180 to try to appeal to somebody else. And I think I, sometimes that's what I tried to do. And then I look back on the situation, like, that wasn't really necessary. And I probably could have progressed a little further before I did a full 180 on what the what I was trying to do. So I think that's kind of an area I'm kind of working on now and realizing. Uh, personally, I would say mine is most definitely public speaking. Man, I get in front of a large crowd of people. It doesn't even have to be like a large crowd of people, but it might be an important set of people. And the overthinking inside my head will just run crazy. And I can know the subject, but unless I'm seriously passionate about it or it's somebody who I'm passionate about who I'm speaking for, I just start overthinking. And so that's something I'm trying to work on and build my confidence in. Maybe I need to take a Toastmasters. Maybe I just need to. Uh, have y'all seen that Super Bowl commercial where like Shardy was like jamming her favorite song? Yeah. Pump. Maybe I got to do that. But for me, that's the area that I'm working on. Hey, Toastmasters is good, man. I'm doing Toastmasters down here, and I love it. You know, it's and also it's a networking thing too. You meet a lot of good people and a lot of good speakers at the same time. So it's a two. What's it? Two birds, one stone. That's the phrase. Yeah. Um, I, I'll go next. I, I would say for me, uh, it's it's really been a challenge to like put myself out there as far as my creative yeah. endeavors. I eat a podcast. You know, like I'll, I'll come across a lot of folks that seem like they'll be really good guests or people that I just like to connect with. And uh, like, I won't bring it up. I won't say, Hey, I run a podcast or would you be interested or would you want to check it out? So I think that's like a big thing for me. You know, I've been kind of in the zone. Oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, I work at an energy company and it's not, Oh, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm a podcaster. Like kind of making that, that leap. Um, So I think that's something I'm definitely trying to work on and, and put myself out there more for sure. As, as small as my may sound, I lack confidence in my smile. Right. And and it's a reason behind that. So a lot I think all y'all know, but I got two fake teeth, right? I got these two teeth right here fake. I got them knocked out uh playing football in seventh grade. And so because of that, I bit through my lip and so I got scar tissue right here. And so anytime I see my smile, my smile is not straight. It's like mm-hmm. a little indent when you see it. And it's not major to you know when y'all see it, but because I know what I went through and you know the effect that it had on my lip. I see it all the time. And I'm like, dog, like, 
already like I'm not always I'm not thinking that I'm like Michael B. Jordan Morris Chestnut type of person anyway. So I already got now I got a fucked up smile with it too. I'm like, damn dog, I'm in the double negatives now. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and so it's a mental mindset for me because no one notices that. But anytime I see it, I'm like, damn, like shit. And so like, you know, like do I need to like work on my smile? So I'll be on the mirror like uh 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 trying to work on it but it's that's kind of what I lack confidence in so like when I'm smiling I'm like thinking like damn am I smiling straight do I look weird when I smile kind of like second guess like my appearance when I'm looking at somebody else no matter who it is and so I think that's kind of what I see with it but segueing into that into our main topic I like how everyone had like a different area but and this is an assumption and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like like with Miles, I'll use him for example. It's not bad, Miles, because you know I like to you know point at you sometimes. But him saying that his lack in confidence is in public speaking. For me, I'm fine with public speaking. Do I all do I feel like I'm gonna shit my pants on the inside? Most likely, but I can step up there and be able to speak and have no problem with doing so. But as a man, as a person. We all have different things that we go through that no one sees because all they see is our outward appearance that on the inside, it's completely different. And so that's where that mentality comes from that no one looks at. Or I don't even want to say no one, but a majority of the population, you know, in social media, in your workplace, at your home, with your friends, no one really sits there and has that tough conversation of how you're doing mentally. And so mm -hmm. being able to have this episode and now talk about that. And just what we stand upon, especially with Cozy Times itself and the reason why we even started this LLC and making this podcast and using this is to share light to these things. And so getting into it, uh, imposter syndrome, some people may know what it is. Some people may not know what it is. Some people may think they know what it is, but they're actually wrong. So I'm going to give you the definition of it and I'm going to read it verbatim. Imposter syndrome is a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, talents, or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as frauds. And so and it, despite external evidence of their competence, they're experiencing this phenomenon, do not believe their desire, um, they deserve their success or luck. I think that's like major because people experience that all the time, but they never think they have a name for it. Yeah. And so now that you have a name for what you feel like, it's like, damn, do I really feel like I'm an imposter? Like, it's the same thing with, like, fear of missing out. It's kind of that same psychological point where you're yeah. sitting there, you're like, if I'm not there, am I really going to, like, let them have fun and not let me be there, too? Like, can I sit at home and just watch Netflix while Miles, Kevin, Deshaun, Preston go out and have the time of their lives? It's kind of that same mental thing. But the question I have for y'all first is have y'all ever experienced imposter syndrome and if you want to share uh what is the example and have you ever overcome it are you still dealing with it right now kind of where are you standing out on that stance currently yeah I go ahead and take a crack at it I mean I, I definitely have in phases I know you could probably relate even just being at the company I work at now at Marathon uh you know when I was first going there for an internship and just internships in general you know you're kind of out of place haven't really had that much exposure to the corporate world and you hear all these things like about corporate culture and uh, I don't know I just kind of find myself like going into work wearing a facade every day and then like I would get you know these these tasks these projects and as I'm getting them I'm like man I don't know why they trust me with this like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> you know what I'm saying and uh, I thought that that was like an irregular feeling I thought that was you know at first because I wasn't adequate but 
I think, you know, the more people I spoke with, the the longer I was in just the corporate world, just in a professional career of any sort, a career that's kind of stretching my capacities a little bit. Um, you know, you start to hear other people say, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of us don't know what we're doing at the time. It's like a constant uh, experience of learning. And, and, you know, I feel like if you are constantly operating just outside your comfort zone, which is honestly like a necessary condition for growth, in my opinion, then you will always kind of be teeter-tottering on that imposter syndrome. It's just really uh, a matter of, you know, if you're able to kind of remember why you are where you are, what have you achieved, and, and understanding that it's just kind of part of the process, right? And so, yeah, I've definitely dealt with that a lot and still do, and I'm still working on it for sure. I'll, I'll say imposter um, syndrome is like really real to me. I try to fight it every day, and but it seems like it's that shadow that never leaves no matter where you go. And especially in the career path that I'm in, in construction, it's everything that I'm not, right? It's old white men who are probably conservative and do shit their own way, right? I'm, I'm, I don't fit the first two of those, all right? Sorry, my middle finger's up, but I don't fit the first two of those, all right? I'm, a, I'm 23 years old, I'm a black guy, and I am a registered Democrat, do I vote both sides? Yeah, that's neither here or there. We can talk about that later on. But seeing that is like, do I have to conform to the ways that everybody else is there and ask, like, I'm already the minority. Do I now just need to give and become a part of the majority? And thankfully, you know, having mentors in all different phases and different capacity and different spaces in my life, it's, it's always a... And, at the end of the day, no matter what they say, is a fuck it, we ball. Do who you be who you have to be because there's only one you. And mm. so I've learned that I have to grow and be acceptable in my own light and truth. And so, like wearing a do-rag, I got a hard hat on all the damn time. Them don't white dudes with them curly white hair don't got to worry about nothing. All right. Our hair is different from their hair. Yeah, I might not have the ways that like everybody else had, like Deshaun be going crazy. Yeah, y'all don't see his ways, man. He used to be going crazy back in the day. But I'm at least take care of my hair. And so I'm going to put a do rag on. <laughs> All right. And that's like, at first, you know, 2020 phase, I would have been a little scared about that. Like, dang, can I wear a do rag and not be judged? But at the end of the day, if you're going to judge me, that's not going to affect me. All right. And if you're going to judge me, I'm going to put you in your place respectfully because I'm not just going to sit here and let you take over and be higher than me, even though we might be in the same level at positions. And so yeah. just learning that is just kind of the biggest thing. And now stepping up to the plate and now, you know, being truthful and now walking in your truth is the next step too. And I think I'm still learning that every day now here at work because I'll sit there and even though I only got three months experience on the job, if I'm in the room, I'm in the room for a reason. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I have to say, not say what you want me to say. And I'm proud of myself for that. You know, that's growth. And I think you got to, as a person, especially as a male, you got to take those small wins because no one else is going to pat you in the back for it. And if you don't pat yourself on the back, nobody else would. Nah, that's real. And I would say, um, speaking from my kind of career field, so business management, uh, financial services, finances, industry, uh, one of the, my mentors that he said, a lot of this industry, you're going to see the same thing. Kind of what Freddie was saying. So white, pale and stale, right? That's 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 really what it is, right? When you talk, we kind of think about it. A lot of the industry looks like that, right? A lot of people, they kind of fit that description. Whether you like it or not, that's kind of what it looks like. So within that, you really have to find 
kind of what your what your value is, right? So I started in a lot of my interviews um, with some of these like financial services companies and things like that, where I kind of didn't feel that place where my resume wasn't coming from a, you know, I'm coming from this Fortune 100 company and I have all this internship experience and I was under this. So I started asking a lot of the people like in the interviews, like, how do you uh, you know, like tackle when people fail like what is what does leadership look like what is the repercussions of when you fail right so if I was to fail right now are you guys gonna throw me to the pack of wolves or are you gonna you know look at it and be like okay we didn't uh, tackle this area enough maybe in training or we didn't address this and what this may look like because that's what was important to me because I felt as though okay I'm already not looking like how other people might look or might think somebody in this industry would look. So how would you even address if I was to fail, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of that is just asking those necessary questions to make not the uncomfortability on yourself, right? So you're at you're walking around like, okay, what are they thinking about me? Like, okay, you know, make them uncomfortable asking them questions that make them think, right? Mm -hmm. Things like, okay, I'm in this interview for a reason, right? So I'm going to ask questions that make you think in terms of why I should be here. So I think kind of flipping that narrative on you being uncomfortable and you can ask them questions just same way they asking you questions. And then when you get in that position, continue to ask those questions because that's going to linger in their mind and they're going to start putting you in more situations because you ask questions and you start challenging what they're thinking, right? Whether they secretly don't like you or not, you're progressing in your career and that's your, you know, career path, right? And it's about you. So whether that's you navigating around certain people that might not like you, that doesn't have nothing to do with you. Like Faison said, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with you. That's their problem. That's their beef, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> so I think within that, just kind of asking those questions and then kind of getting a feel for like what the environment is like. You know, obviously if you have a lot of red flags going off in the interview, you know, then you might want to, you might want to go somewhere else, just, just <laughs> get in that fire. So, um, that's what I would say. Um, and yeah. Uh, see me, man, I wouldn't necessarily say I have felt imposter syndrome just because of my background. I grew up with like four brothers and all of them in there, different crowds of people. Like my oldest brother, he was always the nerd and, you know, hang with the not our skin folks, you know what I'm saying? So he always hang with them. And then, you know, I got the other brothers that was like in the streets and stuff like that. So like growing up with my background, I was able to adapt to any, you know, type environment. So I walk around with this confidence, like if I'm here, I'm supposed to belong here. So I never really like felt the imposter syndrome as to say, like even when I got to this corporate job, the environment that they set up is like college all over again. You came in with this group of 60 people, you know what I'm saying? Mixed, you know, we got this race, this race, so it's mixed. So it's like everybody type belongs. So I've never been in an environment where I say I didn't belong. And also being in the army, you're around different nationalities, different people, different ranks. You know, some people been in 20 years, some people just got in. So that also helped me with that, like with this confidence, you know, everybody is everybody, everybody the same, everybody got to start somewhere. So that's why I walk around with that. So I never really, you know, necessarily felt the imposter syndrome. So uh, to kind of piggyback off of what Kevo has said, I personally, like when this topic had first came up, I was kind of like imposter syndrome. Like, what is that? I had to do my research on it, read it, and it didn't really immediately resonate with me. 
Then I found this one website called themuse.com and they break down imposter syndrome into five different takes. And yeah. the first one is a perfectionist, somebody who obviously, you know, wants things to be perfect. The Superman or Superwoman, this is somebody who thinks that they can push their work themselves harder than what average people have to be. The natural genius, somebody who thinks that they are just naturally gifted and they have to keep up that facade. The solo, uh, the solo is, and then the expert. And I'm going to swing back to the soloist because that's where I found myself. I found myself as the soloist in which I don't need nobody help. I can get everything done by myself because that's how I was raised. It was my only child. My parents would leave me at home. They'd be like, this still has to get done. This has to get done. I lived 30 to 45 minutes from my nearest friend. So it was like, I ain't had nobody to call on. I'm used to getting everything done by myself. And then when I got to college, it was weird because I had people who were willing to help me, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Whenever we were planning a party or something, people were like, yo, like, what do you need? And I'm like, yo, I'm good. But mind you, I'm running myself to the ground. I'm running all around Greensboro, trying to get licked, trying to do this, trying to do that, putting all the pressure for myself because I'm thinking that this is what I have to do, that, that this is what's normal. But then as I started growing up and progressing through college and I could start trusting and leaning on people, I wanted to have to do that. So I will sum up by saying I feel I'm the soloist and when it comes to imposter syndrome. That that brother just spit just now. You was you you ain't say not a single false word of that day. I you know <laughs> you're a good man. But <laughs> Kevin said something that I'm glad you kept going, Miles. Because I think we were talking about imposter syndrome in like our workplace, but I'm mm. intrigued to hear right. And and Deshaun, I, you can answer it too. But I I think for especially for about Miles, Kevin, and Preston, as a friend group, especially when we met each other at ANT, did you feel a sense of imposter syndrome? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no because it's like. You know what I'm saying? We all in Coop together. I all seen us as the exact same group of people, bro. I I like I was like, man, these all some regular dudes in college and freaking Cooper. Y'all know how shitty Cooper was. And I'm like, we all some shitty dudes and shitty Cooper. I'm like, bro, I belong here. I just belong here. And then I met Steve. Steve, I know him from like middle school. So I was like, all right, man, I, I belong. He introduced me to y'all. I was like, man, I belong here. So I ain't necessarily feeling with y'all. And I agree with Kevo, but to the opposite extent, I felt that everybody had such polar opposite personalities that that's what brought us together. Meaning like the fact that you came to our door wearing nothing but an apron, I was like, bro, I don't an apron at that, damn it. <laughs> like, man, why does he think that this is acceptable? Maybe he want to know more about you. I'm like, all right, like, might be the end of the day. You feel me? It, it was still fuck miles because he closed the door the first time in my face. I'm like, oh hell, who slows up like that? <laughs> you go do it to your neighbor, see what happens. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> I've I've seen them. I don't think they're good people. All right. <laughs> I I think though, I'm I'm teetering between yes and no, right? I think the great thing about our friend group, as I learned over time and I grew to appreciate and enjoy is that we're all so different that we're so alike. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because of that, we all, just like anybody else you meet, all come from different backgrounds, with different resources, with different people, with different ideas. It's like, dang, 
Should I be thinking that way? Should I be doing this right here? Am I really doing the right thing right here? And it's like, like for me personally, right? Academically and like work-wise, oh, I had it going on, man. Like, you know, I, I knew what I was doing. Like I, I, I kept afloat. I did what I had to do. But it was down to like the social aspect. Like freshman year, I kind of was just to myself, stayed in coop, went out here and there, had no problem. But it was like seeing some of the other guys, man, they out here doing shit at two o'clock in the morning. I'm over here watching Living Single and Coop. Am I am I am I doing the right thing? Am I living my freshman year correct? And I started questioning my own self, my own actions. And I think that's where I messed up at is when you question yourself on what you want to do, then why are you doing it in the first place? Yeah. So I just think because there's so many different options, you can't be at the same place at the same time every single where you're not Doctor Strange and in in, in in Avengers who are he can be fourteen thousand hymns. It's just one you, and so even learning that now, like. Like this past weekend, I've been out five weekends in a row. I'm like, I'm tired. Yes, I want to go out. Yes, I want to have me a nice cigar. Yes, I want to drink. But I need to keep my black ass home, man, because mentally and physically, I'm exhausted. And I have to just learn and grow from that because, you know, 2018 phase on, what if I had a damn panic attack? Like, shit, what am I going to do? Do I want to go here? Do I want to stay here? And like now me, I'm just like, fuck it. We're going to chill. Right. When I got to watch power, when I got to finish that, when I got to watch the, uh, what's the shit called? Death Note. That shit's fucking good. I was over here enjoying myself last weekend, man. But just like knowing that and understanding and realizing and accepting who you are is the biggest thing that overcomes imposter syndrome. No one can't tell you what you can and can't do. And no one can't tell you what you want to do. It's all up to you to understand and agree. Hey, this is me. This is who I am. Yes, there's other people around me who do different things, but it's not for me to make a put a mask on and realize that I need to be like this. And last comment, because I know I'm going all over the place and this is about to go be a fucking tangent. So go back to the question that I asked before I said this. Uh, Kanye's documentary, right? I always talk about this with imposter syndrome because I feel like, and no disrespect to Kanye, who's one of the greatest producers ever. I feel like when he got to where he was at a younger age, like after he uh, dropped college dropout and everything, he got so stuck in the Hollywood that he had to put this mask on. And he wore the mask so long that he did not realize that there was something under the mask. He thought that the mask was his actual face. And mm-hmm. so to everybody else, I'm trying to say, don't put a mask on and leave it there so long that you don't even realize that there's something behind that. Because that happens to a lot of people in a lot of ways. Now, now, now I kind of got a question just because you brought it up, right? And I feel, and I don't know because I don't know anybody in Hollywood. But don't you think as if everybody in Hollywood kind of has a mask in this imposter syndrome going on? Because in theory, once you become and show your true self, they treat you like a Kanye or they treat you like a Kyrie. Mind you, that might have been how you've been the whole time. But you, you, am I making sense? Because not. Nah, I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. Well, <laughs> I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a answer in a way that I can answer. Like construction, right? All these guys do is freaking drink beer, smoke cigar, and chew tobacco. I'm going to do one of those. I can drink beer, but I'm not going to sit here and stoop to your level, not saying that I'm going down to it, but I'm not going to hop off my island to go on your island to make me feel like I am now pleasing you. I'm going to find a way for me to feel comfortable in the same space and capacity by not doing the same exact thing that you're doing. I can hang out and sit in front of my boss who's smoking a freaking 12 pack of Newports and be just fine. I'm not about to grab one of those. Hey man, let me get one of those. And I'm going to freaking go over there and Start smoking that shit. Like, no, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but 
it's, it's probably a lot more difficult, of course, with Hollywood and all these other different people and so much stuff going on, bright lights, you know, scenery, sign this, contract agent, that it becomes overwhelming that, you know, even the strongest can't survive. But I just think that that's what happens is no matter where you go, you try to become relatable with everybody. And that's what happens when you become relatable, you start to lose your own self because you're not relating to yourself. You're relating to somebody else. And to your earlier point, Maj, you had talked about the five different, uh, you know, types of imposter syndrome, right? I feel like when you get catapulted into a space where you're like celebrity, everybody knows you, you got hundreds of thousands of followers, whatever, it really puts people into like that, per at least my my perspective on it, it would put people into that perfectionist because you're just constantly, you got eyes on you and, you know, actors, musicians, sports stars, whatever, they're all kind of larger than life. So it's really hard to maintain like a true sense of self when you're constantly just absorbing other people's opinions. You probably got a manager telling you how you should move. You got somebody who does public relations for you telling you what to tweet, what not to tweet. You probably got a stylist telling you what to wear and you kind of start to lose sense of yourself, right? And, and I think that in, in any situation, if you are living in a way that's not in accordance with your true nature, you're going to always suffer from imposter syndrome. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely think that that's, that's something that folks in that life are going to struggle with as long as it exists. So. Yeah. Facts. I didn't even think of that. Like you do, you have a publicist, a manager, like they're telling you what to say, how to say it. And mind you, you might not even want to say that. Yeah. Mm. John ja Morant. Yeah. No, he's an idiot. Zion today is can we, can we talk about people from South Carolina for one day, please. <laughs> it's hard out here but so i, I kind of want to play advocate here and not saying that you should have an imposter syndrome but i do think if you struggle with imposter syndrome you can use it to your benefit meaning you scroll back up if you have like the superman or the superwoman or the perfectionist imposter syndrome and you can identify that use it to your benefit meaning instead of seeing it as a negative kind of use it as a superpower and saying okay i know i'm going to work harder than everybody else but at the same time, like, let me show them that I can do it so that they can do it too. So now I'm boosting my team up. Or if I am a perfectionist, let me identify that so I'm not becoming a micromanager, but I'm still making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dots. Does that make sense? Well, let me ask you, because um, I feel like everything has an inverse, right? There's, a, there's an opposite to whatever you're doing. Is the inverse of imposter syndrome basically playing the game, right? like using whatever's in front of you to your advantage. And so it's like, hey, let me hang around the guys who drink beer and smoke cigarettes. Yes, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to get myself in the room and basically act like I know that what they're talking about can act like I like what they're doing to get me to a position that I wasn't going to get to before. Uh, I say, it yeah, yeah. Because I think life is a game in general. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to take what you can and make the most out of it. And like like Fetty was saying, get into the doors. Sorry. That was All right. My father. Hey, 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 Kevin Walker, I got this. I got this. He's muted. <laughs> the power is crazy. The power is back, man. <laughs> No, nah, but yeah, man, that 
using those can help you get into doors, but you also don't want to let that overcloud who you are back to the main topic. You don't want that, you know, trying to hang with these certain type of people to get in these doors because eventually who you hang around is who you become. So if you're trying to do that, you know what I'm saying, over and over and over again, trying to get in these doors, you're going to eventually turn into who you're hanging around. Because if, like, what's the famous quote? Tell me your friends and I can tell you who you're going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like that, basically. So, yeah. I, I, I feel like, and this might be a bad example, uh, you know, I'm not the analogy guy, but <laughs> if we're saying, like, play the game, I, I think another example that's, like, code switching, right? You know, just kind yeah. of. Yeah, code switching. That, that, you know? But I, I also think like overindulging gets you somewhere where you don't need to be at. And I think that's just a, yeah. a general term. Go ahead, Miles. What, what, you, what you about to say with that? No, because you just gave me the, the perfect analogy. It's like playing the game Among Us. If you're the crew, you don't want imposter syndrome, meaning like you don't want to seem like the person who is uh, overanalyzing everything and becoming anxious. But if you're the imposter, you now need to become a chameleon. So I guess it's all about finding your lane in life either you're the crew and you're like i don't want to be an imposter syndrome or you're the imposter and you need to become a chameleon does that make sense see that's why that's why miles is the analogy guy because i was going i was going to say some stupid shit that i don't even want to talk about another construction analogy the hard hat is the you know two by four trying to be like the steel beam. Hey, 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 you got one boot right here, right? You don't want to be the dirty boot, all right? You want to be the you want to be the clean boot, all right? See, man, like I feel like a lot of the time, even now that I'm, I'm starting to understand the idea of imposter syndrome more, I feel like it gets a really it has a really bad connotation associated with it, right? But mm -hmm. I feel like a certain level of that is healthy because, again, if you are pushing yourself just outside of your comfort zone, there are undoubtedly going to be things that you're working on that you don't understand or that you're not quite qualified yet because you don't have the experience and time to back it. And, and back to Miles' earlier question, I, I kind of feel like if imposter syndrome exists in your psyche in a healthy way, the inverse of that is almost like arrogance, like believing that you you should be exactly where you are and you're perfect and you know, I know exactly what to do about X and Y and Z. Um, I feel like it's almost like that, you know, that that sense of, of of confidence without necessarily having the results and the experience to back that. If if y'all know what I mean, that's, yeah, that's facts. Now that's facts because I'm I'm sort of dealing with that now. Like you know what I'm saying, like I'll be I'll be talking to people like I've been there before. I got the stuff to back me up. Like when I've been talking to sales managers and stuff, it's like you just come off as you know, like you know everything. It's not. Yeah, you know I'm saying it's not that I act like it or anything. It just be natural some of the times. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just talk in a way that like, you know, I know what I'm doing. Even though I don't, you know what I'm saying? You just gotta sell it at some times. You just gotta sell what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I deal with that. Yeah, there's low key some benefit to that though. I mean, yeah. I'm sure we could all attest to that fact, but like, you know, a lot of times people are quick to judge. And if you sound like you know what you're doing or, or what yeah. you make a decision quickly, like people they they a lot of people prefer that. So, I mean, it's kind of like striking that balance. It, it, it can be tough. You know, you got to do like a lot of honest self-assessment to see where you're at. Like, all right, I might not be exactly where I need to be, but hey, am I on the right path? All right, bet as long as we're, we're there, right, I can, I can still carry myself with it with a, a healthy level of confidence and uh, use that to, to kind of boost me, right, so. Yeah, and, and I always think the first example that comes to my mind, um, I know me, Miles, and Kevin, we watched the minorities a lot. And yeah. one of their famous videos, they snuck into a place 
but they just had a construction hat on, a vest, and a ladder. And they walked with so much confidence, they walked into the event. They like they walked straight through security, they walked straight through the event staff, walked straight through the crowd, skipped the line, right? They walked in with a ladder and their head held high. <laughs> and nobody told them anything different, right? And mm-hmm. I think walking with a certain level of confidence, it's just it it carries you to situations that you probably wouldn't expect, right? And mm-hmm. you know, that mental battle. You know, it's really in your mind, right? Because they didn't have any qualifications. The person, but the outside people didn't know they didn't have any qualifications either. So it's that mental battle in, in the inside to be like, okay, they don't, they know as much as I let them know, right? So if I'm over here telling them, hey, I'm not supposed to be here, they might, okay, then leave, yeah. <laughs> right? But they, they, yeah. they kind of have that idea that you're supposed to be here. That's why you got that interview. That's why you got the position you're in. Because they want you to be there. They, you know, have expectations that you know what you're doing, you're capable of, of accomplishing tasks. So mm-hmm. I think just having that certain level of confidence and then elevating that to a certain level where you can walk in rooms. The Presto Freeze. Good talk, good talk, good talk, good talk. All right. The whole time I'm waiting for Faze on the go, he ain't walking the mud there construction site. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was more intrigued about the fact that, hold on, because I got a hard hat, I got a vest, and I got a ladder. You mean to tell me I can go to Drake's concert there for the free 99? I'll meet you in D.C., Preston. Hey, that ain't hey, that much word. <laughs> hey, see, they walked in rolling loud for free. Shit, hey, that ain't shit, man. I got, I got ladders. I got, I got fuck <laughs> hoist. I got skid steers. I got I got the whole fucking construction site, bro. Just say the fuck you were. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm gonna have, hey, I'm gonna have a slow stop sign in my hand, bro. <laughs> but what Preston said, I would like to point out because it is a, a psychological definition. It's called the spotlight effect. And basically, it's a phenomenon in which people tend to believe that they're being noticed more than what they actually are. And that's that's just it. So. Hold on, say that one more time. It was called the spotlight effect. And it's a phenomenon by which people tend to believe that they're being noticed more than what they actually are. So if you're walking down the street, you might think everybody's staring at you. Or if you're on your construction site, you might think that, you know, everybody's hard hats is, I don't know. I don't you know, know what's going on. That, that that might I got had the, the greatest personal example for me like that is going to church, right? I feel like everyone is always looking at you when you're at church, right? You feel like a sinner, huh? You feel like a sinner. That's why. All right, All right. All right. <laughs> boy, taking like a stripper in church. <laughs> yeah, all right, not too much. Okay. <laughs> See, there go people like that. There go people like Miles who's doing shit like this that made me not want to do nothing at church. I don't even want to clap because he's like, oh, look at that nigga clapping. Look at him clapping <laughs> like that, all right? He, he think he's loving the Lord. I know what he was doing last night. I saw his close friends. See, all right, see, they get the judging. All right, it's them judgy church folks just like Miles that make me do stuff <laughs> But like that's that. when you turn and you say, that's why I'm in here on Sunday clapping extra hard. <laughs> You're right. If you go out in the club shaking that thing on Saturday night, you can be out there on Sunday morning. All right. Hey, amen. All right. So, but that, that, that's true, though, man. I just think it, it's no matter where you can be at work, you can be at church, you can be in the grocery store, 
it can be just walking down the street. You'd be like, damn, like all eyes on me. You know, not the Tupac reference, but just at least just thinking that. And now you're feeling like you have to act a certain way because you feel like if you do this instead of doing that, people will think of you this way instead of that way. But at the end of the day, and I literally told somebody this last week, and I'm, I'm, I can't tell you none of that. I don't live by. Fuck it, we ball. Do what you got to do. Because at the end of the day, when your time is done on this earth, you should have no regrets, right? And you got no regrets, and you have lived a life well lived. But until then, keep doing what you got to do until you have done with all that you wanted to do. All right? Yeah. And you brought up a good point with the spotlight effect. And I feel like it does kind of tie into that idea of imposter syndrome. Because I feel like, you know, uh, human beings were such such social creatures, right? And the last thing that we want to do is be ousted by the group. You know, back however many thousand years ago, uh, if you were ousted by the group, that probably meant death or you was going to starve or you was going to get, you know, eaten by whatever predators out there. Um, and I feel like we still have that that wiring in our minds today. And that's why we're so uh, biased to, to notice negativity, right? And, and you know, I, they, they say something crazy, like for every five, um, for every one negative experience, you have to have like five positive ones to overwrite that. And that's it says like a keto good relationship, keto a healthy life, right? Uh, and, I, and I feel like a lot of the time that negativity bias is also in place in the, the own vo- in our own voices we have in our head, right? So we're, we're constantly, we're in our own minds 24-7. We're constantly with our thoughts. We see all of our flaws, all the decisions we make, all, the, all of the missteps we make, and we're constantly thinking about that. And that negativity bias almost builds like a wall and back to the point of imposter syndrome, I think one of the reasons that people suffer from this when it gets to an unhealthy level is because they're not able to get past that wall and remember what are some of the successes I've had. And that's why a big thing <clears throat> that I always encourage people to do is like literally write down a bunch of little small achievements. It, it could be the tiniest thing ever. Like, oh, I held the door for this person. Oh, I graduated and was struggling. You know, I, I had this class and didn't think I was going to pass it. I got, you know what I'm saying? Just the, it could be the most... The, the smallest thing I cooked for myself yesterday, but it's, you know, if you're not intentional about it, your mind will naturally skew towards that negative. And that's the way that you see yourself. And, and to your point about spotlight effect, you worry that that's the same way everyone else will see you if you make even the smallest minor misstep. So I feel like that really plays into why we, we get, we experience this phenomenon of imposter syndrome um, and just, and just really working to break down that wall the best you can. I mean, like that's your, your best chance you have to combat it and get it back to a place where it's it's not necessarily detrimental, but it's just, you know, natural. Everybody can experience it to an extent, right? But, you know. I, I think funny enough, even though he joked about it, but he was very serious, Cat Williams had a great thing to say about this. Cat Williams talked about self-esteem, and it's like someone can't hurt your self-esteem because, and I quote, it is yourself a motherfucking esteem, all right? Yeah. If someone can break your self-esteem, you have to work harder for it then. Because that means that you don't have the capacity or the strength or the fortitude to let something as minor, as major, whatever it is, come your way, now break your foundation. And I think that's really big of what you were saying. For me, you know, we're, we're all human. I get down in the dump sometimes. And so it's like, what can I do for myself that sometimes I don't want to have to call Miles or Kevin or Shoshana or Preston or my mom or my grandma or whoever and say, hey, man, I don't feel good. And for me, what I've been doing now is if I get like a paragraph or somebody or just someone saying that they're proud of me, I screenshot it and I put it in a folder. And it's like, I know I, at some point in time, somebody was proud of me. At some point in time, someone took the time to text me or send me a voice memo or call me and let me know that you are doing good. 
And so even though there are times where I might not feel that way, there is at least somebody in this world of 8 billion people that Nick Cannon birthed now that, uh, (laughs) (laughs) at this point in time, somebody is there rooting for you in your corner. And I think that's one big thing, even though it is imposter syndrome, it is self-esteem, you got to know that there's somebody there for you at all times, right? I, I think, and I wholeheartedly say this, you know, truthfully, you got to have someone who at two o'clock in the morning, you can call. They might not answer, but you at least know if you call, they will answer the phone. They might be a little mad because they might have been sleeping, but they will answer the phone and do whatever they can at that moment in time for you. And if you know that, at least that mental thought alone helps you get through whatever you need to get through. And it's like, you know what? Even though Miles didn't answer, even though Kevin didn't answer, I know that they were they're there for me. And so maybe I'm not that bad of a person. Maybe I I am doing what I have to do. And maybe I am living in my truth and walking in my life. But if, once you realize that and that first step of acceptance comes your way, man, everything else becomes just a little bit easier. All right. And that's all you need. Sometimes you just need just a lighter punch to know that, hey, I, I can conquer this. Right. I can fight the 16 yeah. rounds. I can run that marathon and win that race. And I think that's just the biggest thing about it. So I'm, I'm curious, why, why do y'all think that it's so difficult for people to identify value in themselves? I think, especially because of like what you had said, what you had said literally has just been ringing in my head when you said uh, one negative thing needs five positive offsets. But that's facts, because when you think of what makes people who they are today, a lot of therapists will say traumatic events, meaning Whatever happened in the past has led them to act like this, meaning they were abused, they might be a bully, or if they were neglected, they might be uh, cold and shut off and things of that nature. But why? And, and that's such a, a valid question that, I mean, we could do a whole nother episode on that. But yeah. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. That's that's a great question. Mm. I'll just piggyback off Miles. I think it is like, you know, traumatic events or that that need of wanting to fit in because nobody wants to be left out. So people try to do whatever they can to fill in with a group. Like everybody, shoot, we have examples of people wanting to, you know, weasel their way into the group. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want to be a everybody wants to be a part of something, you know. Everybody wants to be a part of something. So I feel like, you know, that could be one of the reasons. Just just that feeling that need to be with a group you know i say comparison comparison is always a killer of joy yeah right? that too. if i think that there's there's three engineers in our region right if the other two are doing something i'm not doing damn am i actually doing stuff right am i actually working pretty hard does someone recognize my work i now just because of that one question i can ask myself 10 other questions now because i've compared myself to somebody else and i can't do that i've learned that a long time ago i can't compare myself and i hate being compared to other people we all yeah. got different starts man I, you can't compare me to kevin all right it's, it's, it's apples to oranges he got a big ass head i don't so like don't, <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it, it you know, kind of ties into what everybody's been saying. Um, but I think it comes down to like how people view their responsibilities and kind of what they have going on. Because like I feel like if somebody knows they have someone at home they have to take care of, they have somebody at home that they know is looking up to them, they're gonna view it differently than somebody that might not have that situation, right? And their responsibility 
and they kind of forget the responsibility to themselves. I think people lose themselves and kind of trying to be that person for somebody else. Like you, like you were saying earlier, you're trying to be perfect for everybody else around them because they have this large following, right? They're mm-hmm. trying to be perfect for everybody else that's watching them, right? And they might lose value in what they're doing for themselves because they lost the responsibility to themselves, right? To mm-hmm. even like take that time to just if you just not do anything, right? That for some people, that's the best thing they could do is just not do anything, right? You know, you, you even see people on for their birthdays or something like that. They just want peace and quiet. They don't want nothing else. Yeah. No. They, want, they, they might have the largest following in the world. They might be super successful and famous. Everybody hitting them up. Oh, we going, what we doing, what we doing? I just want to be in the house, right? Yeah. They, that Because that, that, that's the responsibility to themselves. They, they realize that that's what I want to do. Right. And and once you start realizing that, I think you start regaining some of that value and you start making some of those positive reinforcements. Right. Because you start associating that responsibility to other people, even though it might be support or, you know, might be negative or constructive kid or some whatever. But you start associating with negative you know events. Right. And then people start getting in your nerves and getting all this mind trash start going on just because you start losing your responsibility to yourself. And and now I also, Deshaun, I would like to answer your question again. It's, I think that because what you had said about human beings, social creatures, and how, you know, if you were the outcast, you would get outed. I think that that kind of does uh, root back to our genetics. And where I'm getting at with that is, think about it. If I do something wrong, you all will highlight it. You all will point it out. You all will be like, oh, Miles did this, Miles did that. But then if I do something positive, it doesn't get spoken with. like you'll say oh yeah you know i'm proud of you or, or good job and then that's it and i'm not saying that you should glorify people's uh good things but you cooked for yourself yesterday like i think that's awesome like that's i don't know what you cook but i'm happy that you cook for yourself because now you're inspiring me to cook you see what i'm saying so that compliment right there i hope that you cherish that versus me saying well, why don't you cook the other days like what was you doing you see what i'm saying <laughs> I don't know, Miles. Let's see like a comment that you would make. Yo, Fatty, mute your mic, bro. Damn. <laughs> I, I keep it honest. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. You know, we, we troop on the podcast, man. I don't know, but I love you and all, but damn, man. <laughs> I'm working on it. Miles, Miles, Miles hit there. Hey, I'm proud of you, but that fool look a little dry. I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> but you're gonna need to do that a little bit. Gotta get that repetition. Gotta get that the repetition. Oh, it's like I'll cook at the crib and Miles be like, man, you should have made two parts instead of one part, man, and just walks away with, with food in his fucking hand. Like <laughs> oh, I, had that, I had to get that one out, man. We should have leftovers. <laughs> here he go. Here he go. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and I think, you know, uh, to, to Kevo's point, I, I think one of the big things, too, he mentioned was, you know, you get so worried about keeping up with the Joneses that you kind of start to lose sight of what really matters to you, right? And if you don't know what matters to you, how can you assign value to anything that you do or the, the life that you're building for yourself, right? You don't really have a, a strong foundation or you don't, it's not necessarily a foundation more so, which you probably are lacking as well, but you don't have, even have a compass to determine, all right, where's my North Star at type deal. Um, and, and I think another thing, too, uh, that, that Preston had mentioned was the idea of having to, to keep up with everybody else, you know, external factors, essentially. And I think that when, when we end up in that place, we don't really give ourselves enough time to reflect on, on where we're at 
where we've been. And I think that for a lot of people, the reason that they're not able to identify that value is because they just don't give it the time. Like I mentioned earlier, as you get as you get older, you know, or as I've gotten older, I've started to realize how much more intentional I have to be with my time, you know, with my free time, with keeping up connections. And the same way I have to be intentional with those things, I also have to be intentional with my own uh, perspectives, my morals. You know what I'm saying? I have to take time to reconnect with those things. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, because you all have very, very uh, insightful perspectives on it. What do you all do to kind of keep in touch with with your values, and and you know how does how does that benefit you in in determining all right I'm on the right path or I'm working towards the right goals? I'm, I'm curious for that. If y'all, man, I talk to my inner child. I'm not gonna lie, like it it will be uh like even the job that I'm working now. God bless me. I prayed for a job. I got a job, but everything in my heart is like, bro. I should be out in Europe living life or just traveling, just doing something that makes me happy. And my inner child is like, my nigga, you know what you should be doing right now, but you sit up here doing the wrong thing. So I think that that's how I check myself is, is you just have to listen. Like, honestly, just listen. Mine's, mine's necessarily the same thing. Or just like little reminders, like when Miles just sent me like a random video of people backpacking in Europe, just those videos like that just reminds me like, bro, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Or when I talk to friends back home, because a lot of the friends I grew up with not in the same situation I am. A lot of them still back home doing the same stuff. So just those little conversations, touching base with folks back home, knowing that like, you know what I'm saying? We don't, we didn't all make it to the same place in life and we all on different paths. Just those little conversations to, you know, reground me like, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're on the right path because you always end up where you came from type deal. So even those, or those little reminders, you know, from Miles and stuff like that. So, yeah. Miles is telling me to go set up and build a house. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, I think mine is like a villain. <laughs> I mean, if it quite, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I think mine is not speaking to my inner child, but speaking to people who are like-minded, understanding that um, I'm not in this journey alone but also there's people who've done it before me and there's people who's going to do it after me. And so knowing that gives me life to continue to go because it's tough, right? Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of the paths that we're taking, yes, people have gone through, but it's not paved. It's still the water. Yeah. It's still bumpy. Right. Yes. You can see their footsteps, but not always trusting someone's footsteps in front of you is always the best thing. Sometimes you still got to branch off and make your own path and, and grow because yeah. your story and your testimony is all that you got. I can't share Miles' testimony like it's mine. I never lived it. I can only talk about it. If that's the case, then I can write this book. And I don't want to write this book. All right? I want to write my own book. I want to be able to say, hey, I've lived this. I want. I literally want to be at a beach recording this. I don't want this live background. I want to be like, yeah, man, I'm in the middle of Putacana right now. I'm in, the middle of, I'm in the middle of Fiji. I'm in the middle of some island that's not even on the freaking map, right? Enjoying myself. Do I, how do I have Wi-Fi? I have no idea. Don't ask questions <laughs> you don't want to know. But understanding that and living my own truth, but also saying, hey, I got like-minded individuals to the left and to the right of me. Just knowing that, hey, man, that assurance from them that I give myself to is always something that keeps us pushing. And so with Deshaun, right, we, we met for six months, right? And with him, one thing I learned from him is I learned how to drive in the snow. I did not know how to drive in the snow. But that motherfucker took me to the parking lot in Finley, Ohio. I was like, you got to learn how to drive in the snow. I thought I knew what I was doing. I turned to the right and ended up turning to the left instead. 
but stuff like that is just you know learning stuff and obtaining understanding that you don't know everything you don't know shit right but as long as you gravitate to other people that know one thing that you don't know and vice versa that is how you uplift yourself and you start to learn the values that you need to have that you never know you knew um wanted that's that's real i i went off camera i came back real quick because one of the ways that i just recently started because I, I'll admit I'm not the biggest reader. I probably need to and read more books. It's just I just never really liked it because, but I think book reports really just mess my whole idea <laughs> of reading up. So I just don't really like books. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but I have. I did always like drawing, and now I'm not good at drawing. I'm not gonna lie. Like if you tell me to draw something, I'm terrible. But my mom, she got me this sketchbook right, and. She gave me these markers, and like every time I'd be feeling like I'm just stressed out, I'd be like just drawing random stuff. See, my stuff is blurry. They try, they try and hate on me. So, <laughs> they're trying to censor it, man. I don't know what you got. They're trying to censor the art. We only get the sneak peek. Trying to censor the art, but yeah. So like when I be feeling like stressed out, I just be like drawing random stuff, or like I'll just try to like clear my mind or something, just because I don't know. I feel like like Miles was saying, just relating back to my childhood, just because I feel like at the end of the day. It's just something I, I like to generate creativity for, even though I in, I'm in a space right now where that might not be beneficial to me or it might not be something I could make lucrative as of right now. But I think it's just something that kind of keeps me grounded on on what I can do and what I can control. Just yeah. like I control every stroke, every color that I can dictate on that piece of paper, right? Yeah. And, and that's something that is one of those small wins, right? It's just like, okay, cool. I said I was going to do a little drawing. I did a little drawing, went on about my day, right? I could control that, and that's cool. It might not even look the best. It don't got to look the best. I drew it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, not, it's not something I was trying to get, you know, validation for, from somebody else. It's just something I just drew with a piece of paper because I said I was going to do it, and I wanted to do it. So I think just kind of having those small wins and kind of tapping back into something that I used to do a lot, uh, it kind of helps me. That's amazing. And and one thing I, I did really want to, that Faison had mentioned, I did really want to highlight is, you know, he talked about the idea of, you know, it's okay to follow somebody's path to an extent, you know, keeping, you got to stay vigilant and, and see if there's a place you need to course correct. Because I feel like if, if you need to be really honest with yourself, because if you are following somebody else's path completely with no, with blinders on, no question as to whether or not where you're going is the right direction. And, and you feel that sense of imposter syndrome, you're, you actually are not suffering from imposter syndrome. But if you're following somebody's path, you are legitimately being an imposter, right? So that that's a very important distinction, I feel. You know, make sure that you're not just sticking on somebody's path and try to get past that imposter syndrome and fit into the mold as much as you can because in reality, you're, you're not getting past it. You actually are just becoming an imposter, which you know, you'll never really be able to live to your highest potential trying to trying to do that so but no i, I think y'all brought up very very valid points man that's that was very insightful man shit. you know i ain't gonna lie to you man i think we gotta have to show on the podcast a lot more all right this one he's leading the conversation i'm gonna ask no questions really now that's what i like in his boots over there boy, that boy. <laughs> Petty, Petty let us lead like three episodes and never again <laughs> he said, Petty said i'm not hearing none of it right now i'm not hearing none of it right now see just this is what happens okay they like to get they like to get power hungry and i gotta let them know where they stand at all right <laughs>
You <laughs> all supposed to be eating and yeah, he can use it. <laughs> David Ruffin right now. That's what he is. Hey, man, I don't know, man. Hey, Sean over here acting like Otis. I don't like this right now. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, hey man, Deshaun, before we even get to our cozy moment for sure, just want to appreciate you and give you your flowers, man, for you know being on here and one. Uh, not only from our 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 guests, our our followers who are who brought the episode idea to us, but just listening to what you said on your podcast and on your Instagram page, man, I really wanted to bring this conversation to light because, like, not being disrespectful to any other thing, we don't talk about men's mental health like that, man. And I think this is very imperative that five young black men who are all doing something in their own fields and and thriving at, it, as I should say, no matter where we are at in our point of life. We're all killing the game, but we don't get to talk about the times where it's hard, all right? All we see is the stuff that we portray to the people. And mm-hmm. for us, we're more vulnerable to one another, but we got to let everybody else know that you can be vulnerable. And I think having this conversation is very imperative. And as I always say, just because we started does not mean that it ends with us, all right? To the people listening, to ourselves, we owe it to ourselves to give ourselves the charge to keep this going and no matter what capacity, space, or platform may that be, this podcast is talking to somebody at work on the phone, resharing it, uh, sending a tweet, texting, whatever it may be, all right? But just owing it to ourselves to just keep it going. And I'm glad that we had this conversation. And for sure, it won't be the last time that Deshaun's going to be on the podcast because we're going we're gonna to have some more insightful conversations. But but appreciate you, my boy. Appreciate you, D-Nice. Um, no problem, man. And, and if, I, if I may say... One last closing statement, phase on to that point. You know, I, I think we're we're very quick to jump to the conclusion that nobody understands what we're going through. Uh, and I always like to challenge that notion because I think that if if you go out and you have honest, genuine conversation, just like we're having here today, yes, I, I can be pretty certain that no one's going to understand your exact situation, right? But there are going to be plenty of aspects of it that if you have those conversations and and allow yourself to be vulnerable, you'll realize that a lot of people are, are going through the same things with, with anxiety, with imposter syndrome, with depression, social anxiety, whatever the case may be, relationship stuff. So so just be open. You know, when you're going to have conversations, man, make them genuine. Again, like I said at the beginning, conversations are the beginning of progress. So I appreciate y'all for what you do. Uh, I think this is an amazing platform. I think that, you know, just it's natural and it's real and it's raw and and it's what people need to hear. It's what what people uh, are really uplifts people. So I I love it, man. It was was an honor and a blessing to be on here and and definitely would would love to do it again sometime, y'all. So thank you. Appreciate you, man. Well, as we do that, let's conclude into our cozy moments, man. You know, it's, it's been a minute since we talked about our cozy moments, how we've been feeling. So, mm-hmm. Deshaun, you know, we're going to let you start off, man, with your cozy moment. What made you feel good uh, recently? Well, okay, so actually, just last week, I went back home uh, for a wedding. Uh, for my, my friend's mom was getting married, man. And, you know, I think when I was growing up, I was always in this mindset, oh, Connecticut's so small. I'm from Connecticut originally. Connecticut's no small, so small. I need to get out of here, da 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 I want to go elsewhere, bigger place. And uh, I, I left, went to Michigan State, big school, whatever. I'm in Ohio now, so that's kind of bad. But, uh, you know, going back home, I think I, I, I really started to appreciate, you know, what was there. And just being there, I just felt good. I felt a good energy. I, I felt happy to be home, you know, and I, I know what I was living there. I, I was not that I was necessarily like depressed about being in Connecticut, but I was just always thinking about, oh, I want to get out, I want to get out. And when I was back home, I'm like, man, I could stay here for another month. And I, I love it. I go explore places I've never been to, uh, you know, have conversations with people who I really care about, who I grew up with, who 
shit who I was alongside shaping who I am today. And, and it was just, that was, that was for sure a cozy moment for me. So definitely thankful for that. I'm adding one more because he didn't say it. it was his birthday this past weekend too. So hey, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say that one right there, man. Shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So you happy belated birthday from the boys from the Total <laughs> Open Door Podcast and all our listeners. Uh, I'll do mine. So like my mine was this weekend. Uh, the past five weeks, man, I've been out doing everything, man. Cookouts, retirement parties. I've been on the grill 24 fucking seven. I went to Disney World, drinks around the world. Had a good time. Had a blast. 17 drinks, 11 countries. We'll do it again all over. But not this past weekend. This past weekend, I needed rest. Yeah. And for me just to sit down and like how Preston was saying, for some people, you know, for their birthday, just want to just do nothing. For me to do nothing and just sit there was great. I think I sat in the same spot for nine hours and didn't say a single word. I thought I didn't know how to talk anymore. I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, <laughs> but I think that recharge is always, you know, necessary to have, especially with work, man. My job is getting ready to close up soon in the next 45 days. Hell, next 23 days, we're being realistic. So shit's going crazy. I got my work laptop open right now. Still trying to get work done. So just kind of seeing how much stuff's going on. Mine's moving a mile a minute, so just a, a, a nice reset uh, was really nice to have, and so I'm looking forward to that. Not doing it this week. I'm going to Universal, so catch me at Minion Lane. So yeah, <laughs> uh, um, I would say my cozy moment was also the past weekend too, but mine was kind of kind of like a double. So my first cozy moment is kind of like indirect, right? So growing up. I know I, I kind of mentioned on this podcast before I watched a lot of HGTV growing up. So I used to always watch and like love the list of people getting their dream homes, lottery homes, this, you know, people getting their houses, right? So this past weekend, it was one of my good friends' graduation parties and um, their parents, they got this house and they've been working on this house for three years. And, you know, they finally got this house. And so we pulled up, I pulled up to the graduation uh, party the dad's smile on his face as he's standing in the driveway of the house that was something like it was just pure it was so pure because he knows that this was like his big goal his big dream right to have his house and to have people come and fellowship at the house you could tell that was like such a, a huge moment for him and I could see it on his face and it was cool to see that because I kind of want to have that moment too. Like as I get older, that's something I really want to do. Like when I get my big house and just have that moment where I'm just sitting in front of the house, just like yeah, like I built, I like I I had input on everything in this house. So I think that was a, a real a cool moment to see indirectly, but it was a cozy moment for myself because I could kind of see myself doing it in the future. And then my second one was off of that drive back up here up to Maryland. Um, listening, so I was listening to that Metro album off the Spider-Man, man, and that's a great album. Go listen to it. But there's song, one song in there called Self Love by Cole Ray, man, and that song, you know, I've played that song on repeat the whole time. I'm not going to lie. It was just a great song. The vibes was cruising. It was it was a great song. So I, I recommend go listening to that song, even if you don't like it. Just just listen. Give it one listen. But. <laughs> You said, fuck how you feel, man. <laughs> uh, mine would be this. We're going to jump on the train this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> I had met this old head at the bar. 
And he was just basically telling me his life story. Like, you know what I'm saying? All the hard shit he done went through, you know what I'm saying? Dropping out of college, you know, taking his whole life to just for, do photography. Like his parents disowned him and everything because they didn't pay the money for him to go to school. Whole time. I'm not even knowing he a millionaire this whole time. He was just talking. He was like, yeah, man, I just do photography when I'm bored and stuff like that. Me and my wife got this company. And just hearing his life story and like him being like so dedicated to like not giving a fuck what nobody was saying and shit like that. And that shit was just beautiful. Just like, I don't care what nobody's saying. I'm sticking with this photography. It's going to make me rich one day. And kind of find out his company is worth 2.3 million. He was like, yeah, I just made my first meal uh, when I turned 32. The dude's 34. So I'm like, bro, like just hearing his story, that shit was, that shit was beautiful. Is is that uh when you got the old fashioned? Yeah, that's the man that bought me the old fashioned. He bought me two of them things, boy. You know when you get you old fashions, man, good things happen to you, man. Yeah. Listen here, listen, listen. Hey, the show, we we, we <laughs> speak facts right now, man. Get you a good old fashioned and a cigar, man. It, it go a long way. Hey man, I'm locked <laughs> in with him now, man. <laughs> man, my cozy moment. Because we didn't record last Sunday, so I'm gonna go to the weekend after the weekend yeah. uh we went out for one of our friends birthday party but what made it such a cozy moment was uh her friends came down and then randomly i get this call that amir jay j rose and all these people that we knew from ncat were outside in dc so i was like what do you mean y'all outside he was like come to the street we came to the street man just seeing them was so cool it was just such a pure authentic moment probably because we was coming out of a club being halfway drunk and <laughs> just running the street in DC, going to go get pizza, taking pictures in front of cops who didn't want to take pictures with us. <laughs> like it was just through and through a great moment. And that was my cozy moment. That's some DC ass shit. <laughs> At least we didn't get hot dogs. Oh God. <laughs> That's really some DC shit. <laughs> you be eating glizzies, moms? Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll answer that question off mic he do but anyway gentlemen, uh we appreciate you for this episode i know i say it almost every other episode but this might be my new favorite episode now but that just lets you know that we always come out with great episodes so if you yeah. haven't heard the episodes before this one keep on listening to them all right keep on vibing with them okay you got topics let us know you want to be on the podcast let us know i had to jack up the show now i'm not lying he asked if you want to be on the podcast so i just have to make it seem cool but we we let anybody <laughs> play on podcast but just let us know bro we don't bite at least i don't um so anyway Kevin Mike. I wasn't going to say Kevin, but I'm glad somebody said it. Kevin Mike. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but. <laughs> Shots are crazy. I'm, I'm letting them live this time. It's Let been a minute, live. man. We ain't been on the podcast, but we got to like release all of what's in, in the tank out, right? So, you know, it, it is what it is. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, we say appreciate you. Please make sure that you listen to the Sean's podcast. We will make sure that we drop his link information in the description, in our captions. Uh, because all we need to do is, man, we support one another. All right, this ain't a competition. This is a this is a collective, you know, agreement of all of us that we want to help everybody out, and we do it in our own facets and our own ways. And so, to the Sean, my brother, again, appreciate you. This won't be the last time that you see this man's face or hear this man's voice on this podcast. Many more to come. And from us, from the Open Door Podcast and Cozy Times, we always say, be blessed. Don't stress. Stay cozy. Luego, amigos.